Dark Channel presents Noxo The Case Files of Joshua Chambers A crime drama set in the supernatural world of the Dark Charm universe and the havoc in Baltimore, Maryland and beyond. Episode 4 My Brother's Keeper Sweet Jesus, what did I get myself into? There was a lair built beneath the shot tower. That was the missing piece I couldn't get from Mrs. Johnson. Obviously because she didn't know, but there are people who have hid themselves away from those that would do humanity harm, and have done so down here in this inconspicuous of places. Her friend was one of these special people. The lair was huge and cut with several shelves with books. Fuck, I would even call them tomes, of various ages, shapes, and sizes adorning the walls. On other shelves were relics, weapons, and even body parts. That made me nervous. The smell of the place was a mixture of the ancient tomes, leather, and the perfume from the women I had accompanied there. I sat warily at a large rectangular granite table. On the left side of me was the black woman that rescued me from Vern Garvey, She was over five feet tall and was light-colored. Part of me wondered if she was mixed, but I wasn't going to ask her that question just yet. On the other side of me was another older Jewish woman with brown and silver hair. She was older, but she looked like she took care of herself quite well. The only way I knew she was Jewish was because she wore a Star of David around her neck. They both sat in their respective seats and stared at me quizzically. It was like I was a porterhouse on a menu, me being single, I didn't mind the attention, but this was too strange for me to get excited. I didn't know what to say at this point. The tension was too much, but I knew that these women might be able to help me. So, Calliope pointed at me with long chocolate brown nails. We could use you, if this works. I was confused. If what works? The stunt you pulled at your house. If you were able to convince the disciple in forgetting what, what you did... What disciple? Like Jesus or something? She ignored me. And go back to work. You can provide valuable information to the keepers. Hell, we've been keeping an eye on you since we heard about Tyrone Childress. This brought me a bit of alarm. I never told a soul about him leading me to the house on Winchester Street. I never told anyone that he was the main reason I actually solved his murder. How did they know? I've never told anyone about Tyrone Childress, I said in an accusatory manner. But here we are. We know the devil sent you a message. I stood up and pointed at her. How do you know that? I told no one. Are you spying on me? Calliope tried to to calm me down, but it wasn't working. We had an elevation of supernatural energy at your home during the night in question. We have sources that help out every now and again that give us information. This began to unnerve me further. Nuh-uh. This is too fucking weird. I thought you two could help me. And we can, Lieutenant Chambers. The Keepers are willing to assist you. I turned toward the Jewish woman. The Keepers? Is that what you two are? And what disciple are you referring to? The Keepers are a reference to the Torah, or the Old Testament of the Bible. God called out to Cain and asked where his brother was, knowing that Cain had already killed his brother. 
His reply was asking the Lord of all creation, am I my brother's keeper? We are the counterbalance to Cain's forces here on Earth. We are a part of a network all over the globe. It's not just us two. If that's what you're thinking, it's not just us two. Our ranks have grown thin, and we could definitely use someone like you. The being you came across, the one you call Vern Garvey, was a member of the Crimson Legacy, and I am certain is a lesser disciple of Kane himself. He was trying to make sure you forgot what happened to Daisy Joe Johnson. I was not really a religious man, but as the past several months, my agnostic nature was severely tested. Kane. Yes, Kane. World's first murderer. Like, he exists. I know religion nowadays is marginalized and scoffed at, but what? You thought these were just stories? Just random fucking folklore? She was getting defensive, as if I called her out on something. Hey, I didn't mean I tried to respond. That was like putting gasoline on fire. Take it easy, Sheila. He doesn't know. He's new to our world. No, Callie, I am not taking it easy. In fact, this is getting old real quick. Sometimes the stories are real, sir. Sometimes stories bite you in the face, leave you scarred, and become nightmares. I know Kane is real. I know he is real because the fucker raped me almost a year ago. I have my scars, mental and physical, Lieutenant, so I get a little agitated when people don't believe. She lifted her shirt for me to see the claw marks that had healed, but left a lasting impression. Maybe one day this will happen to you, and you can't deny it anymore. I had to sit down. I didn't want this woman to feel even more threatened than she already felt. I... I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't know. You could clearly see the woman had something serious happen to her. I needed to defuse the situation. <clears throat> but I have seen things in the past four months, especially today, that I cannot understand or explain. Maybe I wasn't meant to. Garvey had a bullet in his brain, his fucking brain! and shrugged it off like she shot him with a marshmallow and gun instead of a 44 Magnum. If I didn't believe before, I'm pretty sure I believe things now. And as my time in this world progresses, I'm pretty sure that I will see more shit that will make me question everything I've ever believed in. She sat down and crossed her arms as if it placated her to satisfaction. Why am I here? I asked. I think it's pretty much self-explanatory why you're here. You needed us. <laughs> I'm starting to think I need this whole goddamn National Guard. But why am I here? She leaned in. Because we need eyes and ears in the Baltimore Police Department. And you look like the kind of guy that can provide us with that information. You seem to be a magnet for paranormal and supernatural activity. You can even be a valuable asset to our organization. We need you. Look, I just want to go back to my normal life. I didn't want any of this shit. Do you know how hard it is to be a black police detective? Now, add this to the list and my life has become basically forfeit. You are a man that values the truth. That's why you investigated the murders. That's why you're a viable threat to them. Calliope grabbed my hand. It kind of threw me off. It felt comforting. I want you to know that you don't even have to join us full time. Hell, don't join us at all if you want. All we want is a phone call or a text if you find out anything peculiar. Just give us the information we need. Where is heaven? I see a lot of hell here in Baltimore, but where are the forces of heaven? 
I had to ask the question that was on my mind, one that I was afraid to know the answer to. If there was all this evil in the world, where was the good? That was a question I don't think for all of their competence were fully prepared to answer. Calliope just looked at the table. Well, heaven's agenda sometimes doesn't include humanity. And and what it does to them. And that's why we exist. Her thoughts drifted to some place that made me feel sad looking at her. She focused herself and stood up from the table. Now you're home. When you return, will have already thoroughly been cleaned. Wards placed all around your home to ensure that this will never happen again. Here's my telephone number. Call or text us if you make your decision. I left the briefcase Garby had with him to them. They would know better what to do with it, as well as the buzzing machine. I didn't need that anymore. I left the tower with the strangest feeling ever. It was like when I finally got out of the academy. I felt that maybe, with this newfound knowledge, I could make a difference in this world. It was strange, but empowering. When I got to my home, to my surprise, Calliope was absolutely right. Not a spot of blood, and not an instance of them ever having been there were present. I noticed small carvings on the windows and doors of the house. I felt an air of comfort that I hadn't felt in a long time. Was this all a nightmare? I couldn't wait to get into my bed and find out. The next morning I woke up to the sound of my cell phone ringing. The sun had not yet risen, but I was used to getting up earlier than normal. Hello, I answered. Hello, Lieutenant Chambers. Yeah, this is Captain Graff. I'd like to see you at the precinct today at 9 a.m. I come dressed for work. My eyes widened as much as they could with the sleep still there. Oh, so I'm good to go. Uh, yep. Uh, IAB has confirmed you are uh, able to return to work. There's just one more preliminary meeting with, uh, with me, and you're free to come back. Thank you, sir. I hung up the phone. This was going to be the true test as to whether or not I was able to get Garby to forget. On a whim, I decided to text Calliope to let her know what had happened. She responded back with a smiley face emoji. I'm not used to that shit, but that is a product of this generation. Once I arrived at the precinct bright and early at 8.45, I was to get reacquainted with my desk. There were several cards on there. Some were sympathy cards, while others thought I was ill. Get well soon was emblazoned on them. I had to laugh. I would hold off on opening any of them as Karen Long came up behind me and gave me a hug. Oh, welcome back, Josh. Oh, sorry, Lieutenant. At first, I was jumpy for the attention, but I settled in quickly. It's nice to be back. How are you? I haven't heard from you in a while. Karen pulled away and sat down on the edge of my desk. I know, and I'm sorry. I didn't call you enough while you were gone. You know how the work is. Now you're back there with me. I shrugged. I hope so. Gotta have a meeting with Graf in about ten minutes. Hope nothing's changed. Did we get the shipment of Noxo? Plenty. She walked away and headed back to her desk. I reminded myself of looking at her derriere might not be the proper etiquette with a partner. I couldn't help it, though. It was nice. Finally, at 8.55 a.m., I walked into Captain Graff's office. You can imagine the shock when I saw sitting down inside was Vern Garvey. I nodded to Vern and shook the hand of my captain. I tried to play it off as if nothing had happened. 
Captain Graff looked extremely different from the last time I saw him. He was thinner, and his hair was almost gone. I knew he was battling cancer, but he was adamant about sticking out the job. Looks like the chemotherapy was starting to take its toll. Hey, Josh. Have a seat. I took a seat, not giving a damn about the predator that was standing mere inches from me. Now, Mr. Garvey tells me you two had a very productive meeting. Uh, it's his recommendation that we put you back into the field. Garvey turned his attention toward me. The stress from the Childress case was tough, as are all the cases in regards to Baltimore detectives. But I think with the proper protocol and therapy, you'll be all right to go back into the field. I nodded. Thank you. I do have one question, though. I needed to be extremely careful of how I worded whatever he said. I needed to be believable. He adjusted the glasses on his face. Did I by chance leave my briefcase at your home? It's, it's missing. I shrugged. No. No, you took it with you when you left. Uh, that's all I remember. Garvey that, stood up. That's, that's what I thought. <clears throat> okay, uh, Captain Graff and Lieutenant Chambers, I will leave you two to this wonderful work day. The man, who was a predator in disguise, left as if nothing happened. I did it. I was able to erase his memory. Or he was leading me on to think that that was possible. I couldn't think about that now. Captain Graff sighed as he leaned back in his black leather chair. You know, this is killing me, Josh. Cancer isn't a joke, Mike. How are you holding up? I asked. Nah, day by day at this point. Have some good days. But uh, most of the time, it's gotten to the point I don't even want to get out of bed anymore. Take FMLA, sir. You have plenty of opportunity to do so. <laughs> you don't want your health <laughs> nah, affecting nah. your work. Trust me. I would do it in a heartbeat if I could, okay? <laughs> Baltimore, it's, it's still going to be a war zone, even if I die. I had a dark sense of humor, but Mike was a whole new level. What's really stopping you, Mike? Uh, well, you were just promoted to lieutenant. I don't know if you're ready to be captain yet, but I don't want anyone outside of our little clique getting my job. I know the commissioner would go off my recommendation, but... You... But... You want me to be captain? It's not an absolute. He pulled out a bottle of Coke from underneath his desk. He opened it and took a drink. Once he burped, he excused himself. <sighs> Excuse me. Sorry, I need the caffeine nowadays. But to answer your question... Yes. I want you to be captain. You're the best detective I have. You have all the right talents to take this job seriously, and I think you'd be fantastic. I was speechless. This wasn't something I was expecting, at least not from a man that I had valued as much as Captain Michael Graff. This was indeed a bad break for him. Cancer. He was only 48. He still had a good life in front of him after retirement, and if he would get to that point. At those plans, plans he made with his wife Connie and his sons, all of them seemed to go right out the window when he was diagnosed with colorectal cancer. I didn't want to dwell on it for much too longer. If he needed me, he obviously knew where to find me. So, uh, what is next? Do you want me to go back out into the field with Detective Long? Yeah. Now, go see if she has anything. I got up out of the chair and walked out of Graf's office. Vern Garvey was waiting for me outside. I addressed him. 
Mr. Garvey, can I help you? Lieutenant Chambers, I was just telling you how much of a joy it was coming to your home. He was either trying to bait me or he was actually sincere. I had to think fast. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that, but I have to get to work. My partner's looking for me. I walked past him without a care in the world, but quick enough to know that he probably would rent me limb from limb. Uh, Lieutenant Chambers, are you sure I didn't leave my briefcase at your home? It was the darndest thing. I couldn't remember bringing it in with me back to my car, but after that I, I couldn't find it. That briefcase had some important documents as well as some personal effects inside of it. If you find it anywhere, you'd let me know, wouldn't you? I stopped and turned around, still trying to keep my masquerade in check. I'm pretty sure it's gone, but I'll keep an eye out for it. If he had the ability to detect a lie, he wouldn't get one from that quote. I knew that in the long run I was going to have to keep myself away from this guy. The problem is if I'm going to go snooping for the keepers, I'm going to need to do it from afar or from a safer origin point. I texted Calliope to inform her that I had made my decision. I was in. I would provide any information they needed, but so long as it didn't compromise my position. She responded with a thumbs up emoji. I was going to be aggravated with this woman. I hate emojis.